Good morning. Good morning. Today is Thursday, and I am told it is January 14th. Broadcasting to you live and direct from the headquarters right here in lovely Austin, Texas, where a few days ago we had snow on the ground, and today it's going to be something like 70 degrees. Right now, let's see here, we've got 24% humidity, and here in the little studio, it's 73 degrees. That's right. I'm Dan Benjamin. Welcome to the show. Uh, you can follow me anywhere you want. I'm at Dan Benjamin on pretty much everywhere except GitHub. Nelson says good afternoon. I have to remember that it's not always a good morning. It's still morning here, though, in Austin, Texas. If you would care to subscribe, like and subscribe to the channel, it helps me a great deal. It makes it possible for me to do this show. And by your liking and subscribing, well, in fact, what happens is that's a message to YouTube where you say to YouTube, hey, YouTube. Check it out. I'm here. And I was, and I am, and I count. Ha! Correct. See, we've got a new soundboard thing happening today. Maybe this is better. I'm not, I promise, I, re, I, hi, Ivan. I replaced the, uh, the stomp box there, so hopefully we won't have the audio cutting out again. Made a lot of changes, behind-the-scenes stuff that you don't need to know about, but things that'll hopefully smooth over this workflow. Now, there is a little interesting story before we talk about some of the news items that I have for you today. Uh, I did want to tell you a little story, uh, a little fireside-related story. Um, How are you? Something that just sort of uh, happens periodically. So if if you don't know, oh, and I, I'm supposed to tell you, you can support the show on Patreon if you want. Patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin. Go, go there. Support the show. Give me a buck. Give me five bucks. I think I think five dollars is the perfect amount. I need, I have too many keyboards. Uh, I think that's the perfect amount to show your appreciation of this show. Uh, that's what I would suggest. I believe that thirty to sixty minutes, five days a week, is worth a cup of coffee. I think it's fair, don't you? Oh, stop it. Okay. Now, last night, uh, at some point in the night, so Fireside, if you don't know about Fireside, uh, fireside.fm is the place to go. And I, you know what? I'll, I, can, I can show that. I can show that right here. Load up, Fireside. There it is. This is the website that I made that you can, uh, I, I mean, I got a lot of help, but we host podcasts. We host your podcasts. So go here and sign up, fireside.fm. Why not? Why not? So anyway, uh, we have a, a system, a CDN uh, that we use, and they cache everything. They cache images, they cache the website, they cache RSS feeds, and they do a really good job of it. Maybe you've heard of them. They're called Cloudflare, and they're really good. But once in a while, sometimes, sometimes there's some little thing that can happen where the when when okay so when you update your episode or your podcast or you add a host or you update an image or graphics or whatever we have a little queue system that takes that url that you uh that you've just updated so let's say it's you've just added an episode well we've got to we've got to update your rss feed of course we've got to update your main website page we've got to do the episodes listing page we've got to do the episode page itself 
We've got to update all the hosts and guests that were on that page and their pages. So there's a lot of stuff that has to get purged. And we send that as like a package, a list of pages to purge. We send that to Cloudflare using their API and we say to them, purge this stuff. And, uh, and, and so they, uh, they, they cleared out. And then when a visitor or a web uh, or a, a podcast client goes for your RSS feed or goes to look at your website or whatever, that it's a fresh new version of the new content without the CDN, uh, not only would pages and things be much slower, but potentially that if, if a web page got really popular, we could have millions of requests hitting it and that would overload our systems. That's why CDNs exist. And this is not unique to Fireside. This is the way that pretty much every website out there works. It's just common knowledge. Don't you know that? Eight-year-old. Uh, so basically, that's the way that things work behind the scenes. Once or twice a year, I would say, something happens and somehow some weird malformed URL or something gets in that queue. It's a little bug. But it happens so rarely, it's almost impossible to track it down. But when it happens, it jams up the queue so those purge requests don't get sent to the CDN, right? So the CDN is still serving technically old data. It's not what the user is seeing on their dashboard in Fireside. It's, uh, it's, so if they've added an episode, the episode won't show up in their RSS feed and it won't show up on their website, but they're looking at it in the dashboard saying, it's right there. What, what's the problem? <sighs> so what are they supposed to do? Um, nothing. They send a, a support ticket in. So here's where it gets interesting. And this is, this is also why it can be kind of a challenge, why it's not possible for me to just say, oh, hey, a person over here has helped me out and do some support. Because on the one hand, uh, you get a report from one person who says, I just added an episode, but it's not showing up in Spotify. Okay, so that might be a ticket that I might get. Then I'll get another ticket that says, I've updated the picture for my host in their bio page, but it's not showing up. I don't know why that is. Another person might write in and say, I edited the description of my podcast on the about page, but it's not changing. So if if you didn't intimately understand Fireside and how it worked, as I do, because I built it, um, you might not look at those different things and say, ah, I know what the problem is. So an example of this is that famous uh, sort of analogy or analogous tale where they describe, um, you know, I don't know exactly what it is. You're going to have to fact check me on this, but it's like there's, you know, five blind men who are all touching an elephant and one of them is saying it's really big and rough like a wall a really rough wall right because he's touching the side of the elephant and then there's a guy who's touching the elephant's leg and they say it feels like a tree right and then there's a guy who's touching the trunk and saying it's this flexible thing that feels like a hose they're all describing the same thing but because they can't see it uh you you wouldn't know that they were describing an elephant would you of course not so basically that is the scenario here. But because I understand what's going on, I'm not going, I don't have to go into each of their dashboard admin pages and look and say, hmm, and well, I tried to upload an image and it didn't. I can just look at the the title of these, you know, three or four different support tickets that came in for the short period of time that we were having the issue and say right away, oh, of course, there's a caching problem. Now, I know that because Tyler knows this. I built the site. So for me, it's easy to troubleshoot. But this is one of the issues why it's so hard to have someone who you can't, because I've had people sort of volunteer to help me do support 
which had been which would be great. But like, I would have to explain all of this, and I and and so what I'm going to get are like 50 questions from the person doing support, or I can just do it. So this is the problem, the small business problem, isn't it? But that's why when I I work with my support people to help, that there's so much more to it than you know, you press a button and a thing didn't work. So uh, Ivan says that caused audio problems. Are you referring to the show yesterday? No, the show yesterday has nothing to do with Fireside. The audio problems, as explained on the show, came from a bad stomp box that I've since replaced. So there you go. That is why I won't do two shows a night anymore, babe. I won't. I won't do. I have a whole new audio setup that you don't care about that I spend way too much time on. But it paves the way for me to do the interviews, <coughs> excuse me, for, uh, for out there, my, uh, my UFO show. So <coughs> let's do some news. What do you say? Uh, I'm wondering when I show you this, I'm wondering if you're going to be able to tell what some of the changes have been because you will be able to see one of them. And the first person to get it will maybe get a sticker. So... Uh, no, Ivan, I don't use a cloud lifter. The stomp box that I showed is uh, called a short stop, which when I step on it, it mutes me. So there's the new one under there. So it works like this. But if I take my foot off, then you can hear me again. Pretty cool, isn't it? Uh, but no, I would never use a cloud lifter. And if you're wondering why I would never use one, you can go to youtube.com slash Benjamin. And uh, you can see my review of the cloud lifter and why I recommend against them. So there you go. Uh, now, let's do some news. Oh, and before we do that, I want to tell you, go to meh.com slash Dan, and I'll get a little kickback on the stuff that they're doing. Not much. It's enough to maybe buy me coffee once a month. Uh, but check this out. They have KN95 masks which are this basic, my understanding is that they're like the Korean version of N95. They're pretty much the same, uh, but go Google the difference if you want. But they have a pack of 60 for 30 bucks. And I can tell you that's a really, really good price. These are going to sell out, uh, I suspect, pretty quickly. So go check those out. Get, get yourself some. Uh, Trump has become the first president to be impeached twice. Don't do that, it hurts. A uh, majority of the House are charging him with inciting the Capitol riot. Now, if you're astute, you can already see one of the changes that I've made to my setup here. And if you're not, you'll have to keep looking. But anyway, uh, Trump, the first, the first person ever, first president ever, of course, <laughs> to... Um, to be impeached twice. And now that's from the House. It still needs to go through the rest of uh, Congress. It says Congress will likely not have enough time to push the president out of office before next week, even if the now GOP-held Senate chooses to convict him. Uh, so this would happen later. Uh, here's a quote. It says, even if the Senate process were to begin this week and move promptly, no final verdict would be reached until after President Trump had left office, McConnell said in a statement. What's your name, dude? Uh, this is not a decision I am making. It is fact. So what do you think about that now? Is the vo how's the volume on the soundboard? How's the volume on the soundboard? It looks pretty good. All right, good. It's a little, you know, this headphone, the earpiece is a little quiet. 
Uh, the riot probe continuing. This is just an article. I don't like the way CNN does this. I try to link to a, an individual article and it takes me to this overall page here and you can't link to the individual articles really. You know, you would think, oh, I'll just click on the title. Nope. Nope. Oh, I'll click on this. Nope. Doesn't work. But basically, here's what this is trying to say is given the rules, procedures and Senate precedents that govern presidential impeachment trials, there's simply no chance that a fair or serious trial could conclude before President elect Biden is sworn in next week. And he is going to be uh, sworn in on the 20th. Um, There's so much going on in the world right now. It's kind of hard to keep up with everything. I don't blame you if it seems confusing. Uh, Oh, yeah, here. I don't like all these pop-ups, though. We're going to have to do some about that. Snapchat's going to permanently terminate Trump's account. Apparently, they're saying that uh, Trump had attempted to violate, violate or violate Snapchat's uh, policies dozens of times. Uh, so, You'll get nothing unfortunately, uh, this is... Oh, you know what? Should we listen to this article and this amazing uh, feature provided by The Verge? Are people using this? Do you guys use this? Let's see, Snapchat are we hearing that? Permanently terminate Trump's account. With no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, banking oh. with Capital One is like the easiest decision in the history. So there's a there's an ad that you have to listen to first. Can you increase the speed of the ad? Let's see. Decisions. Kind of like Taylor Swift choosing what to wear. You can. Yep, even easier than that. Okay. Well, anyway, thanks. Um but Snapchat is going to be permanently terminating President Trump's account, Snap announced on Wednesday. Snap had indefinitely suspended Trump's account last week after he incited a, a pro-Trump mob to attack the U.S. Capitol and has now made the decision to make that suspension permanent. Quote, last week we announced an indefinite suspension of President Trump's Snapchat account and have been assessing what long-term action is the best interest of our Snapchat community, Snap said in... That's your name. Snap dude. said that? It's a statement, but who, who's it by? Just snap. <laughs> we don't, was it by the CEO? Was it by the HR department? Was it by their marketing group? Just snap. Snap said that. Last week we announced, okay, that's snap talking. I'd like to interview snap on the show. I wonder what they sound like. <laughs> Just let, let somebody take some credibility. Okay. And speaking of taking credibility, um, Jack on uh, on Twitter had a long tweet thread that I have a link to in the show notes. Uh, the show notes are only going to be on the podcast. They're not going to be in the YouTube because I don't have a producer and I don't have time to do all of that and all the other stuff I have to do, unfortunately. So you can just go to the show notes for today's date in the podcast, which is a dbl.fireside.fm if you want. Maybe I should put that as a link in in the YouTube that just says show notes can be found here. but. Where he says, Jack says, uh, so what? I do not celebrate or feel pride in our having to ban real Donald Trump from Twitter or how we got here. After a clear warning, we'd take this action. We made a decision with the best information we had based on threats to physical safety, both on and off Twitter. Was this correct? I, this is all Jack speaking. I believe this was the right decision for Twitter. We faced an extraordinary and untenable circumstance, forcing us to focus all of our actions on public safety. Offline harm as a result of online speech is demonstrably real and what drives our policy and enforcement above all. And this is a long, long tweet thread where he's talking about all of this, a long one. And then, of course, there's a lot of comments in there. So 
If you're interested more in what Jack thinks about it, you can read that. But the reason that I linked it right after the Snapchat article is to show that here Jack is saying, okay, I get it. I'm, I'm the CEO. I'm the public face of, of Twitter, essentially. So I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to share my opinions and I'm going to speak on behalf of the company. Why is Snap not doing that? Why do we just get a message just from Snap? Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Okay. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. The next article that I have here is speaking of social networks uh, about Parler. What do you think about this? Parler CEO says the social media app favored by Trump supporters may not return. Now, I'm the one that came in and rearranged this on the little board here. Sorry to do this to you, Parler, but the social media platform, which had over 1,200 million, 1200 million or 12 million users, was shut down by Amazon Web Services, as I reported to you last week. Uh, but they're saying that they may never get back online. Who's saying this? Is it Parler saying it? No, it is John Matz or Matzi, uh, who is the uh, CEO, actually speaking. Not just Parler said. We don't know who is at Snap. We don't know who that is. But we do know that uh, that John Matz or Matzi said this. And uh, here's what he said. Uh, it could, when he was asked when it will come back, it could be never, he said. We don't know yet. The app said in a legal filing that it has over 12 million users. They said a parlor was talking to more than one cloud computing service but refused to disclose names, citing likelihood of harassment for the companies involved. It ain't hard to find that out, though. It'll take us about three seconds before somebody figures out where they're hosted. You can do that very easily with just a reverse DNS lookup. I mean, it's it's so obvious. Way it's, the future. Um, it's almost stupid. But, you know, I would say it's safe to say that war has been declared uh, against Parler and nobody. Oh, war were declared. We have that. Uh, but nobody will uh, support these guys. They're just you're not going to find a company. They're going to have to go overseas to do it. Why aren't they starting with that? Why aren't they just going overseas on day one? Um, anyway, Matt says it's hard to keep track of how many people are telling us we can no longer do business with them. Um, he said that he was also booted. They were also booted from online payment service Stripe from American Express. They lost their Scylla enterprise database. Uh, he could not send SMS messages after being banned by Twilio, could not use Slack to contact its jury of paid and volunteer users who make content moderation decisions. They have literally been shut down by everybody. Put the bat down with So they're in trouble. Oh, I have some uh, COVID news. Now, where is my, where's my COVID sound? Uh, no, that's not it. Uh, no, that's not it. That's not it. Did I forget to add it? Here it is. Excuse me. I'm in need of medical attention. Thank you. This article is by Smitha Mundasad. What's your name, dude? Reported five years ago on the BBC. Most people who have COVID-19 are going to be protected from catching it again for at least five months. This is by a study led by the Public Health England. That's the name of it. Public Health England. And where's my... Where's the uh, the national anthem? I'm gonna need to really spend some more time. Uh, don't make fun of me. I need to find some more time adding to this. I need to organize this. It's disorganized. I admit that. We will we will get it right. Okay. 
Past infection was linked to around an 83% lower risk of getting the virus compared with those who had never had COVID-19. But experts warn that some people do catch it again and can infect others. And officials stress people should follow the stay-at-home rules. Okay, so what are they talking about? Professor Susan Hopkins, who led the study, said the results were encouraging. Immunity is lasting longer than some people thought, but that protection is not absolute. But what they're also saying is in response to can you get it twice, they said that... uh, from June to November of 2020, uh, almost 21,000 healthcare workers across the UK were regularly tested to see whether they currently had it and whether they had had it previously. So here's some actual facts of those who had no antibodies to the virus, suggesting that they have not had it. And see, this is the thing. News companies are so terrified to say something legit. Okay. They're terrified. Here's what they want to say. Here's what they want to say, okay? And here's what they said. First, I'll say what they said, and then I'll translate it for you, what they would say if everything wasn't so politicized and there weren't trolls all over every ruining it. Listen to this, listen to this statement, and then I'll translate it for you. Of those who had no antibodies to the virus, suggesting they may have never had it, 318 developed potential new infections within this time frame. Let me translate that. Here's what that means, okay? Of those who had no antibodies to the virus, meaning they never had it. Because the chance and this is this is why this is a part of a bigger issue that I'm going to try and explain. If you were to go and get a vaccine right now, it's going to provide you with immunity. It, now Is it perfect immunity? No. So I can't say it's going to give you immunity. I can't say that. Should say something like, it will reduce your chances of getting infected. Because if I say that it gives you immunity, the people, not you all who are really smart, but everybody else will hear that and say, I'm immune. (laughs) Ha ha. I don't need to worry about it anymore. I can do what I want to do. But they don't want to say that. They don't want to say that. They want to say it will provide you with some degree of resistance to the virus. You see, they have to word it like that because that's going to make people so, oh, so it only gives me some immunity to it? Oh, oh, well, I better still be careful then. The reality is it basically makes it so you won't get it, okay? But they don't want to say that. Well, I got it, so I'm immune now, right? (laughs) So that's how they have to say it. Further. These people now who have been vaccinated, they can still get it, but they will be essentially asymptomatic. But it means that they can still transfer it, which means what? You don't want to make them feel too good about getting the vaccine because why? They could still spread it if they were to encounter the virus. So you better still wear your mask, better still social distance, stay at home, all of that stuff until everyone has it. But this messaging is going to kind of get confusing pretty soon. Once we actually have the majority of people or a significant number of people with the vaccine or having five months of immunity as we're learning they can have from this, then the messaging will have to change and you're going to find that that messaging conflicts with the messaging that they've been giving you up until now. Watch out for it. Okay, back to this article. Of those who had no antibodies to the virus, suggesting they may have never had it, yeah, 318 developed new infections. But among the 6,614 with antibodies, the figure was just 44 potential new infections. In other words, 
they don't know. But here again, they're so timid. They're so timid. Listen to how timid they. I mean, and it is the it is the UK. <laughs> but uh, they're and talk. Speak of they're the most timid. Sorry, UK people. I'm sorry. I don't have my. You know, I, it's killing me. I've got to. I've got to have have the. Uh, I've got to do this now. I've got to do it during the show. I've got to import the. Um, there it is, right there. We'll just do it. Like we'll do it like this. Do it like this. Now I can finally talk about this. Come on. No, don't do that. Thank you. Speaking of the UK, um, science, listen, a likely boost. Scientists will continue to monitor the healthcare workers for 12 months to see how long immunity lasts. They'll also look closely because they're afraid to say anything. They're afraid to say it works. They're afraid to say it doesn't work because if they, if the BBC says, oh, it works, everyone's going to say, oh, well, it works. So I don't have to worry about it. And so nervous. All right, back to some more. Listen to this. They're still trying to get to the bottom of, of the origin of this. So a World, World Health Organization has arrived in Wuhan to investigate. Uh, so this was updated just like an hour or so ago. A team of 13 World Health Organization scientists have arrived in Wuhan, China, there where they will investigate the origins of the coronavirus that has caused a global pandemic. Okay. They're going to be doing a two-week quarantine protocol since they're there for international travelers. Uh, China doesn't want them there, but officials are like, we're going to get to the bottom of this thing. Okay. They're like serious about this. They're like, they're like, we're going to go in there and we're yes. going to crack down and we're going to find this. We're going to figure out if you guys are lying or not, because we think that you guys may have cultured it. And that's the thing that I was reading this morning is that maybe it was cultured. That's like the latest thinking. So uh, anyway, yeah, Doctor Who will find it, Billy says. Hey, Billy. Uh, so, um, yeah. Uh, oh, news here. The Bitcoin dream is dead. Wasn't it? Wasn't it just a few days ago that I was telling you guys how Bitcoin has like doubled? Well, it took a 25% plunge. And uh, this is an article by a James Surowiecki. That's your name, dude. Uh, sorry, I didn't. Get it right there. It was out of respect. Uh, but they're saying that there is a 25% plunge in Bitcoin. And this is more of an op-ed piece. Uh, but they're basically saying, oh, you know what? This is uh, this is not the best investment in the world. Well, listen, it, it's not meant to be an investment. Bitcoin was not meant to be an investment. It was meant to be a currency. People just used it as an investment because it kept going up in value as they would put money in there and then you know, pull money out. I bought about $100 worth of Bitcoin as an experiment. And then it doubled. It became two hundred bucks, and now it's back. It's back down. But uh, do you think it would be a good idea to put a lot of money into Bitcoin? No, I don't think so. But again, I'm not an investment person. You should do the research for yourself. Descript. Have you heard of Descript? Uh, Descript is really, really, really cool software. It's mine. That I did not write, uh, but Descript listens to your audio file, usually a podcast transcribes it and then you can go in and you can edit the words in the transcription and it changes the actual audio file isn't that amazing it's so cool it is like the coolest thing uh, hard to believe but it's real they have just raised 30 million dollars to build the next generation of video and audio editing tools 
these guys are really doing some cool stuff. Andrew Mason, the CEO and founder of the company, said that their plan is to use the money to continue building out tools, not just for mass market and individual professional and amateur creators, but also increasingly organizations that might be using the tools for their own in-house video and audio needs. If they build video that does the kind of stuff that they can do with audio, boy, I'll tell you what, market zero next Friday. it's done. Nobody can compete with that. Condé Nast is uh, in the news today uh, because they wanted to build a major podcast networks. Now, people don't listen. I say, don't make a podcast network. You don't need one, even if you're a company like this. I don't stop nothing, But they don't listen idiot. to me. They don't listen to me. That's fine. Uh, but basically, they wanted to build this big podcast network. And instead, they launched three podcasts in 2020 and then got rid of the entire audio staff and have done nothing. I'll just read what it says in this article on The Verge. Condé Nast had big plans for podcasts in 2020. It launched its new podcast network and three initial shows, The Pitchfork Review, Get Wired, and In Vogue, this summer with an initial presentation at the New Friends Conference. Uh, but by the end of December, most of the people who created and worked on those new shows were no longer employed by the company. Eleven former Condé Nast Entertainment, which is, I guess, abbreviates to CNE, uh, um, said that uh, contract producers and editors alleged the company mishandled their employment, outsourced their work to additional contractors, and generally bungled the network through mismanagement. And if there ever needed to be a toilet flush, you got it, guys. You earned it. You earned it. Uh, we believe that Condé Nast could have a bright future in audio, they write. However, we don't foresee success for this or any audio initiative that doesn't respect its producers, editors, engineers, or creative work they're making. It's not too late for them to turn it around, I don't think, but we'll have to see. How are we doing on time? Right at 30. Doing pretty good. Getting good at this. I would like to leave you with some uh, quotes today. A uh, couple by uh, friend of the show, Hunter S. Thompson, <laughs> late friend of the show, Hunter S. Thompson, <laughs> who says, I have a theory that the truth is never told during the nine to five hours. I like that one. Uh, he says, I hate to advocate drugs, alcohol, violence, or insanity to anyone, but they've always worked for me. <laughs> uh, Elwin is asking, why do I think starting a network isn't a good idea? Uh, oh, and uh, Nelson says, meanwhile, Bitcoin is already back to its uh, all-time high. Of course it is. Uh, but it is not the best investment, I would say. Um, oh, it's hot! Yeah, I wouldn't invest in it as an investment. You want to play around with it? You want to use it as a currency? You want to see your value increase? Sure. But don't take like your retirement money and put it in Bitcoin unless you really <laughs> are feeling uh, risky. Uh, I know you're going to do what you want. I you're going to do what do you want. What uh, I so why is a podcast like. network not a good idea? I'll share my thoughts on this and then we'll wrap up. I started 5 by 5 without the intention of actually making a real uh, network. I, I didn't say I'm going to make a network. I Every time that I was started, so let, let me just go back. And this is one of the things that I would do differently uh, if I had the knowledge that I have of where podcasting was going to go. If I could do everything over again, I would go back in time to when I made my first show and I would focus just on the one show. And I would build that show. And instead of making lots of shows with different people, I would just have had them on as guests or even repeat guests back on my original show, probably what I used to call the conversation. That would probably have been the show. 
and I would have continued to do that show and I would have now had a show that had been running for 16 years. Okay. Instead, what I did is I said, I'll start a new show. And when that show got big enough that it could make some money, I would keep doing that show. And it seemed like shows would plateau at about a certain level back then. They still plateau at a different level. But back then they would sort of plateau and I would say, well, I'm still not making enough to pay my bills and this show is growing, but it's growing really, really slow. You know what? I'll just start another show. And so I had an interview show called The Pipeline uh, and I would interview people on it. And those people that I interviewed, if we really hit it off, then I would suggest to them, I would say, hey, we had a really good show. Do you want to stay and 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 maybe we can do another show and and they would say oh, thank you kind yes they would say thank you and we would uh we would plan to do a new show so some of those people were Merlin Mann uh and John Syracusa who I'm told uh 10 years ago today we started hypercritical um Marco Arment Andy Anatko Jeffrey Zeldman to name a few all of us went on to Jim Dalrymple all of us went on to do shows after that and the reason that we started those shows is because we had a good rapport we hit it off and also because that was a way to make uh, money and pay bills. And all of a sudden I was doing, you know, like a billion, a billion shows. Uh, and it was, it was kind of hard to manage all of that, but I did my best. And, uh, you know, if, if, if a show declined, maybe we would do it less or stop doing it. Or other people would say, I don't want to do the show anymore. I've done enough or I want to do a different show. And that's just what happens. People grow and change. And I, look at me, I've done all these different shows and even started and stopped my own shows when it was just me doing them because you get bored of something or you want change. You want to do something different. Uh, so that's just human nature. So I would have gone back and done just the one show, but I needed to make money and that show wasn't growing enough. So I would just spawn a new show. That's just what happened. Well, as I was starting each of these new shows in the early days, it was a problem because for every new show, I had to go and make a new website and update a new RSS feed. And that began to be troublesome and time consuming. And I thought, well, you know what? Instead of that, instead of doing that, you know what I'll do? I'll just make my own CMS, because I'm a software developer, I'll just make my own system and I'll put all my shows there and I'll put it on 5x5.tv, which was just a cool domain name that I had. And, uh, you know, that's how the network formed. And then, of course, if I was selling ads on the shows, I would say, hey, you should buy ads on all these shows, right? Not just the one. And all of a sudden it was a network and then it was an ad agency. And then eventually my experience there helped me to, I took everything that I'd learned from, you know, 10, 12 years of podcasting and working with really great podcasters who'd given me a lot of really good feedback. And I turned that into fireside.fm, which I built from the ground up. And now I've had a lot of help to do that, but uh, that basically came out of that, those businesses. But why would I recommend against doing it? Because you don't need a podcast network. The benefits, the theoretical benefits of a podcast network were that you'll have cross-promotion of shows. Well, you don't need a network to cross-promote shows. Uh, there was also the fact that in the early days of podcasting, uh, you wanted to establish credibility. And so, well, if I like this show and this show and this show from, uh, from these guys and they do another show, well, it must be good, right? It's on the, it's on the same network. But again, is that necessary, right? If you like, if you like the work, uh, let's say you like my work, you, I don't need to have two shows on the same network for you to find them and like me or find the stuff that I do. It's just not necessary. It's just not necessary. Does it help? Arguably, no. 
The, st- the statistics don't lie. The data doesn't lie. There is no benefit in listenership to having your shows on one network. Oh, well, what about ads then? You could get ads more easily if you're on the same network. No, no, you can't. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Uh, because it doesn't matter. Because what matters is the show itself, the numbers, and the listener engagement. You can sell, and we do. We represent all the 5 by 5 shows, but we also sell ads for a handful of shows that have nothing to do with 5 by 5 that are in completely different genres, that are on different parts of the podcast spectrum and, and uh, ecosystem, and we sell for those shows that nothing to do with 5 by 5 as a network. There are no advantages to having a network. Oh, well, what about having everything in one place? It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really help. In other words, your audience isn't going to grow because of this. Now, is it fun to work with other people and do a kumbaya thing around the campfire and say, look, we're all on the same network and we're all doing great things together? Yes, that's fun. Can you do that without the network? Yes, you can. You can do it over Slack. You can have a Discord. You can do a Zoom call every morning if you want. It's not necessary to have a network. And having a network doesn't make any of these things easier. Facts don't lie. And I've been doing this for 16 years. You can believe me or not, go make your network. All I'm saying is it is just not required. And that's all I've got to say about that. And that's all I've got for you today. You can follow me anywhere at Dan Benjamin, Instagram. I'm doing a lot on Instagram and I do behind the scenes stuff on Instagram You should go there and check it out. You can support the show by going to patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin. Give me five bucks a month. That's what I'm asking for. And there's going to be a lot of BTS stuff coming there very, very soon. I hope you will support me there. And of course, like and subscribe and ring the bell. A bunch of people have been saying to me, how do I get notified? I only see you on Periscope. That's why the numbers on Periscope are, uh, are are usually higher, but now you're slowly coming over to YouTube. Why is that? Because you've got you, you're starting to know that I do more on YouTube than I do on Periscope. And you know what I'm going to start doing to get you people over there? I'm going to start turning Periscope off first, and I'm going to say my last few things just for the YouTube people. Isn't that exciting? It is not, but that's really all I've got for you today. So thanks for tuning in, and uh, have a good one. Goodbye. Periscope and hello, YouTube. I just turned Periscope off and now the YouTube people are the, oh, no, I can't. I lied. Uh, No, I can. There's an error message there, but only YouTube can see this. So what are we going to say to the people on YouTube? Eric Timmer saying there's only one show you need to do, UFOs. My friend, I'm just waiting for responses from a bunch of the people who uh, who are telling me Uh, yes or no about being interviewed on the show. We're finalizing the show art. We're ready to go, my friend, and waiting on others now. And that's part of this new setup that I was describing. It's going to make it possible for me to record their audio at very high quality and do their video and everything. It's it's all really good. It's all really good. So uh, anyway, if you're here on YouTube with me, you just learned something that the Periscope people didn't know. So that's it. I'll be back tomorrow at uh, 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern. And I look forward to seeing you then. And if you find links or things like that you want to send to me, do it on Twitter. I'm at Dan Benjamin. Have a good one, and uh, I'll see you tomorrow.